Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonner Fide Radio, and welcome to On Course with Heart Ramsey, and we call these sessions Heart to Heart. It's your opportunity to hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God, and of course, we're talking to Pastor Heart Ramsey. Pastor Heart, how are you, sir? Doing good, Gerard. How are you doing, man? I am doing well. So I've got to ask you, There's this is all going to work really well together. First of all, there's a series on Netflix called The Family. Are you familiar with this? Oh my God, I watched it. (sighs) All right, so for those who are unfamiliar, there is a series on Netflix called The Family, and it deals with, oh boy, basically you could call them a secret organization that uh, has looked to and has influenced presidents, high-ranking officials uh, across the country and around the world uh, in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. or so they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're responsible for events like the National Prayer Breakfast, which I know a lot of you know pastors and leaders have looked forward to invitations to. They've been involved in meetings with presidents um, going all the way back, I believe, to like Eisenhower and all the way up through uh, the current presidency. They have influenced countries and the like. And they do all of this seemingly, and I do say seemingly, mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, and yet this organization, which you know, if you watch Scandal, I liken to B six thirteen, it it it's kind of uncomfortable. Tell me how you felt in watching this series, because I know how I felt, and it made me feel kind of uncomfortable. Well, first of all, I, starting out, I was inspired. I was inspired by because it's when it's when it first rolls out, it, it gives the impression of these committed intercessors who have shut down their lives to come together in the nation's capital to make sure that they intercede for leadership and pray the will of God for the nation. So that's, yes. the, that's so initially it comes off looking like, um, okay, this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But as it progresses and you start seeing the strings they pull, the things they do, then all it really is it's, a, it's, it's using the name of Jesus and using what I call, this is cultural Christianity at, at its finest. Because what they're doing is, it's actually using Jesus as a front, mm. um, as their mascot, so to speak, to yeah. engage their power lust. This is a lust for power. Yes. And what's scary to me, Gerard, is what what's the main guy's name? I, um. Uh, I think it's it's Roe or oh I'll, I'm yeah I think it's Roe I'll I'll find it yeah he's recently deceased but but um the thing that got me with him is is that when you examine his character he comes across so Christ like 
Mm-hmm. And so the, the danger of this is it confuses the saints, and, and that level of deception is never from the Holy Spirit. Because even the Bible says that even Satan's messengers can transform themselves into angels of light. I'm not saying he's he's demonic. I'm saying that what he was doing was demonic. Mm -hmm. he, whether he realized it or not, um, his effort to influence governmental policy, to um, to to cuddle up or cozy up with um, with world dictators, and the, the way that he was approaching power, to me was was a manifestation of a lack of trust in God. Because because none of the none of the, the, the um the governmental characters of scripture um Daniel Shadrach Meshach and Abednego even the kings um they didn't do that they didn't do that right. thing that and I call it that thing because God what was that that I saw <laughs> right you know and and for those of you who are listening in, um in order for you to really get the the gist or the grasp of this podcast you have to go and watch the family on Netflix you have to see it. Yes. And you can, you can, because it starts out, I'm, Gerard, I'm not telling you a lie. When I first started, I was like, man, I don't pray enough. Uh, I don't, I, I, I started saying, man. Because uh, uh, it looked like they were like really serious. Yeah, it looked like a, like a Christian fraternity, man. It's like, man. Yes. But then when I saw what they were doing and their mindset and the little subtle, see, rat poison is 90% good corn. It's the 10% strychnine that kills you. Wow, and that little that little sprinkling the Bible said a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. You you, you know when when yeast when um when bread begins to rise when when yeast begins to uh, uh, dough rather begins to rise, it, it's not because it has all this yeast in it. It's just a little bit of that yeast, that little leaven in it that will cause the yeah. whole thing to rise and become a loaf. And uh, I don't care what they're saying it is, when you put that little bit of power lust in there. Because here's the thing about lust. It's never satisfied. Wow. It has no boundaries. Wow. It could start out saying, oh, I'm going to just do a little bit of this. I'm going to just do But But by the time it's finished, man, it may start out as a little a little kitten. But when it gets done, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be a lion. It may start out as a little serpent. At the end, it's going to be a dragon. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the, the main character on there is named Doug Coe. Coe is the last Co name. Coe is the and name, yeah. Yeah, and it's a it's a really gosh, it it's one of those stories where they decided that they wanted to kind of be underground and so when people started mentioning their name it was almost like wait a minute, what are you doing? Right. Um but yeah, they were involved with governors and they were involved and and so to your point about you know, certainly it looked like from the outset, wow, this is a really, you know, these guys are loving God and they're, I mean, boy, how how strong do you have to be to commit to go after your leaders? I mean, like world leaders with the thought of if we evangelize the leaders and get them saved, the people will follow. Right. Uh, the problem was, obviously, that was not really what they intended to do. And I think about the one governor or the uh, congressman out of uh, Nevada who had cheated with his wife with one of his workers. Right. Um, and they really looked to save the marriage of the congressman, but the worker right. lost his marriage altogether, and they felt like, oh, we've done a good thing because these two are still together. Right. And it, yeah, it, it's, it's... It's the mentality of the chosen. You remember they, they kept talking about the chosen. Once you... Yes. It's basically... Um, and that's... And, and it made, listen, that documentary made sense to me. It, well, it made the, the Trump election and the support of the evangelical community make sense. 
Yes. Because my thing is, how are you siding with this level of ungodliness? I mean, you you are rebuking me for just um, questioning why he tells so many lies, right? right. But you won't even, you will not challenge him for telling lies. And in their minds, they're saying, well, the reason we don't do it is because he's the chosen. Uh, and then they use the example of David. Yes. But the deception yes. of that is, here's, here's the crazy part about it. The deception behind it, Gerard, is that... Um, they're, they act like God sanctioned what David did. Man, David received such punishment for that. He did. I mean, his, his family was never the same after that. Right. And God told him the sword will never depart. The, the sword is going to come upon your family. I mean, he had, he had um, sons raping daughters and one mm -hmm. son killing another son. I mean, it, well, actually, it happened twice. Two yeah. of his sons killed, one, killed their brothers. One of the sons raped the daughter. One of the sons tried, uh, slept with David's wives or his concubines. Yeah. And so it, it, it had results. So this thing about being the chosen and you get to do what you want to do, it's, it's the whole, it's, it's the product of their power lust. It is. It is. And speaking of the chosen, you, you want a segue because it reminds me of something that this president recently said where he was doing a press conference and he literally looked in the sky and called himself the chosen one. Lord. And then on top of that, there are tweets that he put out about uh, where he was talking about uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters. And he said that, you know, they were basically un-American if they decided to vote Democrat mm -hmm. and that they were more loyal to Israel than they were to America. And then in another tweet, he went so far as to call himself the king of Israel. You know what? When I read that, I thought he was talking about somebody else. No. Well, well, Gerard. Let me say this. First of all, he is not theologically sound enough oh, to no. even to even come up with that that flawed theology. So that means some some deceived theologian is telling this man. First of all, he's already arrogant. He's already full of pride. And then you right. you you gassing him up, telling him that he's this um historical figure, and he's and and, and really what you're doing is um you've you've turned him into a walking idol. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So that has happened. And then, you know, there are the images from the family of, you know, and we'd seen these images before of all the preachers who were praying for Donald Trump. And there was a big deal when this first happened because of some of the African-American pastors that wanted their way in the room. Right. Um. And I'm certain they did not know that the bulk of the people that were in that room or that actually had the president's ear were part of this, quote unquote, family. family. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and we've also went on and, and we've seen some other scenarios where you know African-American pastors have, you know, made a big deal about trying to be, quote unquote, at the table or in the room. Um, in light of what we've seen with the family. And the fact that the family had no African-American people involved with it, which right. I thought was interesting, too. Right. Does it does it kind of give a different spin or viewpoint on African-American pastors who seem to keep clamoring to be in the pre the presence of this president? Well, you know, uh, no, I'll be honest with you. This is where I think about it. I think that. In order, for, in order to understand the times that we're in, you would have to go back and study Nazi Germany. Wow. It is the perfect um, object lesson. 
It is the only object, a modern object lesson that we have to reference. And so, in the, with that I say, Gerard, is that, and the reason I'm saying this is because um, this uh, theologian, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, mm-hmm. when you study, when you read his writings and his accounts, the, the, the struggle that they were, the church was having when uh, on Hitler's rise is that half of the people um, were treating Hitler the way they're treating Trump. And and wow. and, the, and the other ones, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and all of these other guys, where they were like, listen, this the, the spirit of God. They're saying that this man is of God, that Hitler was of God. But the, um, Dietrich was saying, listen, this is not the way the spirit of God manifests himself. The, right. God has never done this. Why are we saying this is of God? And I think um, um, Trump is doing different things uh, now. Like he's, play, he's 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 playing to the African American community. For example, um, there's a black guy in in my wife's hometown that just got out of jail, and he when he got got out of jail, he had been in there uh, for a while, and he got out of the jail. And the first uh, interview that he did, he praised Trump for getting him out of jail. Wow. He ignored all of these um these uh, people, these activists who have been working for decades. To, to get this law passed where you know you see what I'm saying um, where, to get sentences reduced and to get voters rights back for felons he ignored all of them and he gave Trump the credit because he said Trump if Trump didn't do what he did he'd never been out okay wow. so th- so that same mentality is that these black pastors are thinking well uh, um, regardless of who he is he's offering something to us let's take it and I, I, can, I can get that I can get with that I understand that but at the same time you have to understand the thief cometh not but for to blank mm-hmm. in other words regardless of what he's offering satan offered jesus um food he offered him um the highest place in the temple and he also offered him all the kingdoms of kingdoms of the world but it all was at the cost he was he was looking he, he was bartering he wasn't just offering he was make trying to make an exchange when when if if if, if, if someone is working um for this foreign father called the devil, if someone is working for him, then you have to understand that they're coming with his agenda. He was a liar from the beginning. He was a murderer from the beginning. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. And that's all he comes to do. So if he's offering you um, to get some people out of jail, offering you some kind of little stimulus package, or offering the church that she doesn't have to go through persecution, whatever he's offering you is at a price. And that's what we have to keep in mind. Wow. It's at a price. Wow. Yeah, a, a rather lofty price. A, a, ra- a rather lo- a ra- listen. Is it, we don't have the bank account, <laughs> right? Wow. To, to pay for it, and then how can you ignore the, the minimizing of, of the plight of, of, of African Americans and uh, brown pe- brown skinned people and immigrants and and who, who, all the other people groups that he's he's minimizing and, and, and uh, degrading? How can you how can you ignore that just because you're getting a handout? What does that make you? Right. How, what does it make you that that you could you could um you could turn a, a deaf ear and a blind eye to what this guy is saying and doing just because you're getting something out of it? You, it I'm gonna tell you what it's called. It's called a sellout. Yeah. That is the quintessential definition of a true and bona fide sellout. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. 
Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. And so when we look at, at all of these, this, this compiled list of what seem to be injustices and inequities, you know, whether you're dealing with how the evangelicals are dealing with uh, things, what we've seen certainly during this presidency, uh, the rise of racism, the fact that in the church you have a marked line between the evangelicals and those who are brown and black people right. who love Jesus. It is causing people to really make decisions to say, maybe I don't want to do this Christian thing anymore. Right. Um, and so we've seen it in a lot of places. Uh, certainly we've seen over the years the numbers in churches decline in African-American spaces. We've seen uh, recently a number of CCM artists even go so far as to no longer be Christians, no longer do Christian music. And and certainly you've been seeing this. Recently you were, were tweeting about this and you were talking about the fact that you've been fielding more and more questions about the reality of Jesus and the veracity of scripture. What kinds of things are you seeing? Because I know questions are really coming up right now where people are legitimately asking themselves, what do I believe in and where's the justice if in 2019 things are supposed to be better, but we could be looking at a second Trump presidency and the country's going crazy and the church is divided and what seemingly makes sense to be right isn't so sensible and obvious to others. So what do you make of all this? That's a great question. I'm going to tell you this. Um, what we're seeing is a crisis of faith mm-hmm. in the United States. And here's why. And, and I, want to, I want to, first of all, I, I, I mean, much love and respect to the, to the people who came to the conclusion that um, this thing that I'm doing doesn't seem to be working, so I, I won't do it anymore. But I want, to, I want you to take a look at who they are. First is the pastors who have taught a Western gospel. Wow. A Western gospel where that's based in the law of Moses. It's 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 one of those um um play for pay, um work for reward, um mm. 
kind of thing where there's there's so much left out of the gospel that Jesus came to to bring. And so um, they're promising people, if you do this and you do that, then God will give you this and give you that. And then when God doesn't 100% of the times come through the way he's being preached, then people start to say, man, this is false. Wow. And then uh, and then add to that um, the fact that, that there's this um, exclusiveness that's coming out of the White House and out, out of the people who, the, the religious leaders who support this exclusiveness from the, from the White House. And then you have people who are saying that, but maybe this gospel is not for me. As, uh, people of color are saying, um, how can the slave master and, and the slave have the same God? Wow. And so, and so, well, you know, so this is what I think about it. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's a couple different things to look at. So number one, you have the leaders who've been preaching this gospel because they really believe it. And then the scene is not, not, not only is it not working for their people, it's not working for them. And then the other, on the other hand of that, are the people who were raised in this. They, they, yes. they became the worship leaders. They became the youth pastors. You got it? And then especially yeah. the ones who became famous, Gerard. Here you are. You're 21, 20, 21 years old, 25 tops. And, and, and um, you're writing these Christian songs based on the messages you've heard and what you, you were raised to believe. And so everyone is look. They're looking to you now. Everyone looks to you because your lyric has brought them into a place of fellowship with God. And 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 all of a sudden, you're realizing that you don't believe this anymore. Mm-hmm. But people have put you on this huge pedestal. Yeah. Saying and listen to listen to. I'm, I'm gonna say something that's gonna blow your mind. Here's what the people are saying. We believe God because of what you are saying. Because of what you are writing, we believe God. We believe that this is real because of, of the way you have romanticized it. Mm. Wow. And you're writing things. And it says there's some people out there writing these, these worship songs that they don't even believe it. They're writing experiences that they're not having. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. All I want is you, Lord. No, all I want is you, Lord, and that ne- that next house. And, the- and I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's just greed, but it's, it's all I want is you and in an easy life. All I want is you and and but it's an an and in there that we're not putting in the lyrics of our songs. Mm-hmm. And so everything faith will always be challenged. The devil will always challenge faith. That's what the Bible says. And so what these people are experiencing is a crisis not of the not of the faith. They experience a crisis of their faith. Oh wow! And and Gerard, to be honest with you, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Here's why it's a good thing. It's a good thing because if what I believe is wrong and it's challenged, then the reason and, and it's challenged to the point where I'm in crisis. In such a crisis that I want to walk away from it, that means God is is trying to get me to the right thing. Hmm. I don't know if you remember this, but in the book of Acts, um, the stoning of Stephen. Yes. Saul, this 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 Pharisee named Saul is the one bringing the charges. He's holding the clothing of the people throwing the stones. Um, mm-hmm. Historically in Scripture, holding their clothes is you validating that you agree with what they're doing. Wow. So you're sanctioning the stoning. But the Bible says that Stephen had an interesting experience. Stephen looked up, the heavens opened up, and he saw the, he saw Jesus stand up, and he said, and he started to s- describe what he saw. That had an impact on Saul. Wow. So now Saul is in a crisis of faith, and he's still headed to Damascus to kill Christians. When he mm-hmm. actually his crisis of faith invites Jesus to confront him on the road to Damascus. 
Wow. And that confrontation leaves him, knocks him off his, he he can't see anymore. Uh, and we right. said knocks him off his horse, actually knocks him down. He can't see anymore. And he goes to, the, he actually arrives at Damascus and an, a disciple named Ananias, a lowly disciple is sent to pray for him that he may receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I yes. think that's what has to happen sometimes. Wow. So because I could write a beautiful, I can write songs that are nothing but a beautiful lie. Wow. You know, you know, there's a, I used to, I was, back in the day, I was into a group called The Spinners. I was a kid. Yeah. But as a kid, they wrote a song, It Takes a Fool to Learn That Love Don't Love Nobody. It Takes a Fool. And it's beautiful, but it's wrong. <laughs> I mean, you love, don't love nobody. I mean, come on. That don't even make sense. If, I mean, right. if, if, from, from a theological standpoint, God is love. He loves everybody. But but right. the song was so beautiful that even today when I hear it, it's so endearing and inviting. And I want to do a remake of it on one of my jazz records, but it's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. Now, this, I, I want to hear the stage that's listening to me. Yeah. Your, your crisis that you're going through is a powerful thing. It's not. It's not always a bad thing. Now, if right. if you decide, I want, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in Christianity. Now you're going to be a part of the great falling away, which was prophesied. Because mm -hmm. the reality is, I don't just believe in God because He does what's good for me, or He does, or He does what I what I want rather. I believe in right. God because He is God, and I yes. know He will do what's good for me. He will work every everything is going to work for my good. That's the scripture. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to add this, this caveat because I want to be honest, okay? Yeah. Saints, you'll brace yourself. I've found passages in the Bible that, are, that have been proven to be either poorly translated, mm -hmm. um, sloppily transcripted, wow. or added by translators to to lend clarity wow okay and in doing that like i, I was teaching a lesson gerard i'm gonna just use this example i was teaching a lesson on um on david and okay. when the gibeonites asked david um for seven of saul's sons so that he they could um they could hang them because saul had secretly tried to exterminate them against the covenant and the oath that was made by joshua uh, in joshua chapter 9 and so David, knowing that that, was, is, that is what it was going to take to lift the curse off of Israel, he agreed, I will give you seven of Saul's sons. So he got two of Saul's sons, and he got five of Saul's grandsons. And the, the Bible says, the King James Bible says, they were the seven sons of Micah, or Michael, who was David's former wife. Now, if you, if you know the story, I'm going to give you the story real quick. So the way the story went is that when Saul got mad with David, Saul gave David his daughter Michael to marry. David married Michael, and, and then when Saul was trying to kill David, Michael helped David escape. Mm -hmm. So he was so Saul was mad at her. So what Saul did while David was on the run was he took her from David and gave her to another man to marry. Now, the man loved her, right? Oh. Um, And so... When you read in, in, in 2 Samuel 21 or wherever it's written, that David, well, 2 Samuel 21, where David took two of, of Saul's sons and five of Saul's grandsons, and then the Bible says they were, they were the, the sons of Michael, Saul's younger daughter. So it makes it look like, now you're thinking in your mind, so she, she didn't have children with David because the Bible says that she had no children with David. So you're thinking that she had these five children with the, the guy that Saul gave her to. Now it makes it look like David is being petty 
and taking the son that his wife had by another man and offering him up to be killed. And that's the, that's the, I was that's the direction I was headed. I was going to preach this. Wow. Until I started reading it from different translations and commentaries and realized, listen to this, that whoever wrote the King James Version of the Bible got the wrong daughter. Oh, wow. It wasn't Michael at all. It was Mirab, M-E-R-A-B, the older daughter. And all, all, all of the Jewish rabbis, all of the scholars say that, no, it was not Michael. Matter of fact, they said David's wife, Michael, according to the scripture, had no children. And the husband that they listed was not the husband that Michael was given to. It was a husband that Mirab had married. Oh, my Lord. So if so, watch this now. So if I hadn't went back and done some further study, because as I normally do, I would have, I would have went and said that they would have accused David of taking revenge on his wife for having babies by this man that her father. You see how this thing gets so far out of bounds yeah. and that doctrine would be totally false? Yeah, absolutely. So now what I'm saying is, this is what I'm saying. So people are saying, because I don't believe the Bible and, I, and the Bible is not true. No, the Bible has been translated. But understand this, the Bible says a new covenant is a covenant of the spirit and not of the letter. Mm -hmm. So so the Bible, watch this now, the, the, um, the Holy Spirit is the one that uses the Bible. Jesus said, you search the scripture for in them you think you have eternal life. He said, but the scripture point to me. Yeah. But you won't come to me that I will give you this new life that's being promised in the new covenant. And I said all that to say that yes, there, 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 there are problems. I find problems in the scripture. But it does not, it does not to me, it does not change the veracity of scripture. It does not, it does not change the fact that, that the majority, I would say 90%, or more of the scripture that you read is accurate and, and you say well pastor what about the part the parts that's not study it out study the show thyself approve unto god eat the meat and spit out the bone because i'm gonna tell you this right now there is no other way mm -hmm. I, I prefer to live this life and at the end of it find out it was a myth then decide i'm gonna walk away from the lord and then at the end of it i realize oh my god it was all real Right, right. That's a lot. Wow. I know. <laughs> that, that that is a lot to process because you know there are some people that, like I'm a mathematician. That's where I got my degree, and we are taught logic. Which obviously, being a logic person and being a person of faith is the ultimate in paradoxes and contradictions. <laughs> so yeah, you know. But there are those people who feel like. Well, if we're supposed to believe the Bible as the absolute truth, and yet we can find passages that can be proven wrong or proven inaccurate, then what does that do for the whole book? Mm. You're right. Because if you think about it, in in if we just deal with like law, the whole idea uh, in law, uh, particularly, is is to find um, reasonable doubt. That would allow somebody to be innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. So it, it could, it, it, I hate using this example, but if you take the example of like OJ Simpson and that trial, and the whole thing was based on, well, it clearly looks like he murdered her, and all the evidence appears to it, but then you find the glove. Yeah. And if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Right. And people feel like that about the Bible mm -hmm. that, you know, you could prove. Okay, you could prove creation to be true, and you can prove the deluge, and you can prove these other pieces, but a fact like maybe what you just mentioned, for some people, 
would be enough for them to discredit it. Right. Well, so what do we say to that? Well, let me show you something. I'm use this. I use this example. So the other day, a friend of mine sent me this um really cool and clever saying or a little um quote that he found on social media, and he said, he said, "Is this you? Because it sounds like you, but your name is not on it." So I read it and I said, "No, nah, that's not me." Mm-hmm. What someone had done was they took my logic, they took my approach, and they came up with something super clever. And they put it out there, and all the people who followed my the way I write and the way I speak, they thought it was me. Wow. Okay. Does that does not change the fact that that God has given me a gift to communicate certain things in a certain way? Right. It just means that that someone um, was inspired to do the same. Now, what they said was true. What they said was right. It just wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so what I studied the Bible. Here's what here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, I study doctrine. Right. Um, I don't study history. Mm. I study doctrine. Okay. Now, um, uh, when you, when you, the, what makes Christianity different from every other singular religion in the world is in, in Christianity, our God comes for us. He dies for us. He doesn't require us necessarily to die for him he said the possibility is there that we may be martyred but that's not a requirement to be saved right okay so our god dies for us to redeem us to himself that that is the, the major difference now when i was in college i'm gonna tell you i went through a crisis of faith concerning the bible because um the way that our textbook was set up i think we even may even have talked about this before where they, mm-hmm. they sandwiched um christianity between um it was it was Judaism, Zoroastrianism, Christianity, then um, uh, the Muslim faith, and they put them in a row for a reason. So they started with um, Jude- Judaism because Judaism is is was supposed to be a, mono- a monotheistic religion where um, they end up serving other gods. They became polytheistic, um, and even in their presentation of of the quote unquote their God, he was it was three in one, and so but then. When when they were when the Jews were taken captives and went to Babylon, they were introduced to a Babylonian uh, uh, religion called Zoroastrianism, which was a monotheistic religion. And so, out of now from that, when you go to Christianity, now uh, the instructor in my, in my class made it seem that all Christianity really is, and he actually said this, all Christianity really is, is a combination of Judaism and Zoroastrianism. Oh boy. And when he said that, I, it threw me and several other ministers in the class into a crisis of faith. Some walked wow. away from the Lord. Wow. And I went to my teacher and told my teacher, if I am going to st- remain faithful to God, I cannot take the midterm exam. Because, because the moment that I say that, that we got Christianity from this combination, I, I'm done because I didn't come to the Lord. Uh, I wasn't raised in church. I was not a religious person. I didn't mm-hmm. come to the Lord um, because my, because now my parents were seven at Venice, but that's not, that's nothing like, like um, the Christianity you and I know. Right. Okay. Right. That's, that's a form of Judaism is what it is. Mm-hmm. But so, okay. so, so my thing was, I, I got saved. I had, I, had an, I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And so yeah. if, if I lost that, then, man, I wasn't looking for anything else. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was going to live my life. And, and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, you're going to have to prove to me. You don't have to convince my head, but you do have to convert my heart. You have to yeah. show me that you're real. 
Yeah. And the ministry I had, that, that was not, let me tell you what t- when that was. That was in 1992, 1993. Wow. wow. The ministry that came out of that, when you hear me speak today, when you see how I lead today, my passion for the Lord came out of the, the conviction that I got from the Lord. He convicted my heart and he's, the conviction is real. So when I read the scripture, I'm looking for him. I'm not looking for anything else. I, yeah. Listen, people say, why do you read so many different translations of the Bible? Because I'm not married to the King James Version of the Bible. Right. The King James right. Version of the Bible was not written until 1600. Wow. In the 1600s, I should say. And so Christianity started in the first century AD. Yeah. So my heart, my heart about the whole thing is, is that for a lot of people, this, this climate that we're in right now, um, um, and, and, and this challenge, the great fall in the way that's upon us, is going to force us to be, to be New Testament believers because New Testament believers are not people of the, sp- of the letter. We are people of the Spirit. Yeah. We're not committed to a book as much as we're committed to the Lord. Yeah. Okay? The Holy Spirit. We don't we don't we don't check boxes and dot I's and cross T's. Um we we are um we we, we believe that God came to find his family through yeah. the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ represents the finished work whereby God um uh, God redeemed us or brought us back to himself. That is our doctrine. That's, we have very little uh, um, commandment, so to speak. We're commanded to every, everything that we're committed to. We're, we're are commanded to do is wrapped up in one commandment: love the Lord, that God, love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. We don't have no other real, real um, commandments, so to speak. Yeah. We have four laws, you know: the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, the law of faith, um, the perfect law of liberty, and uh, um, um, the royal law of love. So we have these laws. We have those laws, but I mean. The Holy Spirit guides us in those. And then, then the Bible even talks about our spiritual growth as having the fruit of the Spirit, um, the Spirit producing certain characteristics in us. Yeah. So technically, t- think about this. So technically, you could, you could take us all and, and exile us to the Isle of Patmos mm-hmm. without a physical Bible. And you know what will happen? God will open up the heavens and we'll be in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. <laughs> wow. And we will see all the things that the enemy is trying to... Uh, you, you see where I'm going with that? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so, so John, because John did not have, quote unquote, a Bible there, so to speak. But he was right. able to lead people to Christ there. He was able to have visions. He was able to document things he saw. And out of his exile to the Isle of Patmos, we have the book of Revelation. Right. And then he, he came back and pastored the church in Ephesus. So. Uh, yeah. No, you know, and it's funny because the other day I was thinking about... You know, I was looking at some stuff and I was just thinking, okay, so for us, we have these accounts, obviously, that we read between Genesis and Revelation. But the people who were actually living this didn't have that. Right. So so they had to have some sort of encounter with God or something that happened that established their belief system because they didn't have you know for us now we can go to a bookstore we can go and download an app on our phone and the bible is readily accessible to us for them it wasn't that way right so there had to be and has to be something for them that kept them so committed to living this life even though there was no bible readily accessible i mean even you know the pentateuch wasn't in their house right you know you know so it's not like so so this man this is this is but but listen to gerard even from genesis from from when you look at from like from adam all the way up to moses 
Yeah. There was nothing written down. Nothing. I mean, and I'm, I'm not, I'm in no way minimizing the Bible. I mean, I, I got, you know, I got people when I, the way I cut teeth in ministry, when I was coming through learning ministry, I, it took me 20 years to get my PhD. And, and when I, when I was, I learned from a lot of people. And here's one, one guy said, I believe the Bible from, from the table of contents to the maps. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now, and, and when I, my thing is like, um, yeah, I believe the message of the Bible. Yeah. The Bible said, but in the beginning was the word, the logos of God. The, that Greek word, the logos of God, is the logic. It's it's the it's it's the entirety of the message. It's not the individual parts as much as it is the, the whole concept of the message. Yeah. And it, what does it boil down to? What does it come? What does the the entire book comes down to? For God so loved the world that He yes. gave His own. Jesus, um, Jesus laid out. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter one, I believe it says that God has spoken to us in various ways um, throughout the ages. And in these last times, he has spoken to us through his son. When we look at Jesus, we see the entirety of God's message. And so yes. and so, uh, what it comes down to, I believe for all of us, is to, we have the understanding that our relationship with God is a spiritual relationship. Just the same way, God, we're the, we're the children of Abraham, the seed of mm-hmm. Abraham, right? Abraham did not have a written book. Right. I'm not telling you don't read your Bible. Read your Bible. It's, you have it. It's, it's an advantage. And the truth in it will set you free. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit, I believe that the Bible says that, um, and Paul wrote that um, all scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and righteousness, that, that the man of God may be fully equipped, basically. So, so, mm-hmm. so we, and that's not when he said man of God, he's not just talking about the preacher, he's talking about the people of God. And so my right. thing is, yes, we get in the Bible, but if, if, if you find something that's a little, you know, you have teachers. That's what I do in the body of Christ. I'm a teacher. And even your teachers see through a glass darkly, according to first Corinthians 13. So we don't always get it right. Right. You know, the Bible does not contradict itself as much as some things are more clear than others. Right. There's no contradiction, really, and and sometimes yes, there's a, there's gonna be uh, 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 there's gonna be some I hate to say it like this, Lord. There's gonna be some some uh, some uh, like like we start out in this podcast talking about the family. You're gonna have right. people with that kind of motivation who's gonna yes. try to want to, they're gonna try to write a translation to make it say what they want it to say. There's there's a translation right now uh, for the gay community. There's a translation right now for women where God is called her. You see what I'm saying? People translating the Bible to make it say what they want to say. You're gonna have that. And it didn't just start. Right. I believe there's certain I believe it started way back then. But the thing is, I can tell the spirit of God from the spirit of error. Right. You know? There is no such thing as an unforced error. All error is forced. Wow. It's forced by something, by a spirit of fear, by a spirit of ambition, by a spirit of greed, by a spirit of lust. Errors are forced. Wow. And our God, our God, and I say this, man, our God is very intentional about obligating himself to make sure that we are not led astray and we're not deceived. And that's the end of the matter yeah. for me. God God will make sure that, 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 that um, we find the way home. Well, guys, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, this is why we do this. These are the kinds of conversations that more than likely do not happen on a Sunday, but are the conversations that you are having on your text threads, in your social media uh, feeds, and perhaps in one-on-one conversations. And these are conversations that you need to hear 
and that you need to experience because at some point someone's going to ask you why you believe what you believe. So we definitely want to hear your thoughts, what you've learned, what questions you may have as a result of what you've heard. So reach out to us on social media. Use the hashtags either heart to heart. That's H-A-R-T, the number two H-E-A-R-T or the hashtag on course. And uh, we'll certainly look to hear from you and, and field your questions and hopefully answer them as you feel them our way. We definitely want you to share this with a friend, a loved one, subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast and join us next time as we get on course with Heart Ramsey.